there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. So I want to share with you characteristics of God's presence. The characteristics of God's presence. I have like five, but it looks like I'll give you only two. <laughs> Number one, God's presence is omnipresent. God's presence is omnipresent. In other words, God's presence is everywhere. You cannot disconnect yourself completely from the presence of God. And I'll prove to you. Even those who walked away from the presence of God found out later that they cannot evade God's presence. Yes, they walked out of his presence, moved to a different location, went to a different dire uh, direction than the one that God was giving them. Like Jonah went a different direction, you know. Uh, Cain went a different direction. But when they arrived in that new location, they found out that God was already there. Because his presence is omnipresent. So you can walk out of his presence and God will allow you to feel like you're actually going. <laughs> yeah. He will let you have the satisfaction of feeling like you have left God. And you are going, God, me, Nawere, finished. We are done. I've tried this thing. It's not working. I am leaving. I am going. I'm leaving church. I'm dropping the, this salvation story. I am going. And then you go. He lets you have that temporal satisfaction. Then you move. You go to your own things. When you arrive and settle down, you discover he's, he's there. Because his presence is omnipresent. Amen. When Adam and Eve sinned, where did they go? They went to hide themselves among the trees, isn't it? And they felt, finally, God will not know what we have done. We are hiding ourselves. But when God came, you see, when God came, the Bible says they heard him as he was approaching the garden. They heard him. They could, I'm just picturing it in my mind. It's like they, they could hear God's footsteps approaching the garden. They thought by covering themselves, they have actually, you know, walked away from God's presence. And they were among the trees. And they thought God will not see us. God will not see what we have done. God will not even address um, our sin. But when the presence of God came into the garden, they could hear God. And they started having a conversation with God. And God is asking them, where are you? Not because... God could not locate them in the garden. God was trying to ask them a spiritual question. Where are you? Where I always find you, I can't find you. Where we always fellowship together, I can't find you in that location. You have moved to another location, Adam. And I'm saying, yes, we are here among the trees. We are hiding from you. So you can see that you cannot literally run away from the presence of God. God will allow you just to feel like hmm, you have left him. The way people say, I've left God. I'm going. This thing of churches, I'm going. You go. You go to the bar, you find him there. One day, 
I heard a story of somebody who backslid. I think it was a preacher or something who backslid. He was tired of this preaching thing. And he went to a bar to drink. When he got there, all the drunkards beat him. And they told him, go back and do the work of God. What are you doing here? Tell your neighbor, you cannot run away from his presence. Look at Jonah. He went to the lower deck of the ship. Lower deck. He's running away from the presence of God. And God allowed him to have that satisfaction. To pay for his journey. To finance his journey away from the presence of God. And he went lower to the lower deck of the ship. Then God told him, or God, tried, God decided to show him rather, that he can even take him lower than the, the lower deck of the, of, the, of, the, of the ship. And still be with him. So he removed him from the lower deck of the ship and put him in the belly of a, she, of, of a fish. And the fish went and swam underneath the waters. And God was there. He was trying to show him there is no place you can go that I'm not there. This is a message for you who try to run away. Those people who run away. Oh, we tell you serve God, you're running away. Oh, I can never serve God. Me, I just want to be a lawyer. Hmm. He will find you in that courtroom. <laughs> tell your neighbor you cannot run away from his presence. You can stay away for two weeks, two years, but there is a place you will meet him. Yeah, and you say, hello. How are you? It's been a minute. How are you doing? Are you okay? Oh God, I've been running away from you. I didn't know I'd find you here. He's everywhere. Tell your neighbor, he's everywhere. So you can't be smart with God and you can't run away from his presence. Look at what David says in Psalms 139, verse 7. David says <laughs> David are you saying yes because you're running away or what <laughs> David says where 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 tell your neighbor where can you go can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Where? If he can follow a man who has gone to the sea, to the lower deck, take him lower, and he's still there. Huh? David is asking, where can I go? Then he says, if I ascend into the heaven, alright, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Verse 9. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, like Jonah, <laughs> even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. So you can never play hide and seek with God. 
Tell your neighbor, he will find you. Your neighbor didn't hear you. Tell them, he will find you. Hallelujah. You know, I see some people even backsliding. I say, okay, it's fine. I'm giving you two weeks, three months, one year. You, 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 he will find you. There is somewhere you will meet. And you say, hey, Joe, I've not been seeing you in church. What's going on? I'm telling you, you can't run away from his presence. Yeah. David says, if I go up, he's there. If I go lower, he's there. Everywhere I go, his presence is there. So that means God sees us no matter where we are. God sees what we do no matter where we are. And that should make you be conscious of his presence every single moment of your life. Amen? He's there with you. Glory to God. Before you slap your wife, just, just, just remember God is watching. You wife beat us. Before you punch her, just remember. He's watching. Yeah? Before you take advantage of widows, just remember God is watching. I'm preaching and the church is quiet. Huh? Yeah? Before you take advantage of orphans, just know that God is watching. Yeah? And that should make you, you know, think about what you're about to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Before you steal from anywhere, just know that God is watching and is even wondering what you're doing. Yeah. I can imagine God is calling, he's calling his angels. He's saying, look, look, look at this brother. Look at what he's about to do. Look. Look, look at him. Look, look, he has booked a hotel with a lady. Look, look. And he's not, they are not married. Look. Look, look, look at this brother. Look at what he's, hey, he's removing his trousers. Hey, hey, hey. So when you grab your trousers, just remember that God is there. Oh, you don't want me to preach today. Huh? Sister, before you drop that G-string, when you hold it like this, just remember God is wondering, hey, why are you holding your G-string and this is not your husband? Can you handle deep? This side, you're very quiet. I don't know what's going on. Before you do what you want to do, he's there. Jonah went to the lowest part of the ship. God was there. Even if you switch the light off. Lady, when you are screaming, kill me, the angels are there. They are like, They ask him, why do you want to die? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the bishop is in the house. <laughs> you love my preaching. Yeah, he's everywhere. And that should make you conscious of his presence. Wow. Ask yourself, what do you want to do? Will God endorse it? Is he happy? As you're stealing, is he happy? 
As you're lying, is he happy? As you're taking advantage of someone, is he happy? Just ask yourself that. And, and if you feel he's not happy, then don't do it. Glory to God. Thank you for those who clapped. Now I can go to point number two. Somebody say, Phew, we have moved to the second point. I can hear somebody say, maybe the second one has a positive effect. <laughs> hey, the first one was tough. Number two, God's presence is personal. It's personal. Ladies and gentlemen, we experience God's presence corporately. Like we are doing right now, we have come together as a church. But we can also experience his presence on a personal level. In other words, each of us can have a personal encounter with his presence. Several years ago, I read a book by Benny Hinn. And the book is entitled Good Morning Holy Spirit. That book has really changed my life concerning the presence of God. And I want to encourage you to read it. If you haven't read it, please make sure that you read that book. Good Morning Holy Spirit. And Benny Hinn shares his experience with the Holy Spirit. How he, you know, gets into this room, you know, closes the windows, um, closes the door, and tells everybody, you know, to give him time to be in that room for a while. And he stays in that room for a while. He pulls a chair, he sits, he sits down, and then he pulls another chair, and then he invites the Holy Spirit to come and sit on that chair and commune with him. And he stays there for hours, just alone in the room. Hours reveling in the presence of God. It's something that many of us cannot do. Very difficult. Can you imagine being alone in a room? No TV, no phone. And you invite the presence of God. And you stay there for hours. Ask your neighbor for me. Can you do that? But when that man comes out of that room, the supernatural is at display. Miracles take place. Signs and wonders take place. I mean, his meetings are power-packed. It's because he has learned to experience the presence of God on a personal level. So we need to get to a place where we don't just experience the presence of God corporately but we also experience the presence of God on a personal level. You inculcate the habit of experiencing the presence of God when you are alone. You have to create the atmosphere alone. Even if you're married, have times when you are alone. Your wife is not there, your husband is not there, your children are not there. And experience the presence of God on a personal level. Hallelujah. Because if you don't do that, when we come here and the pastor says, I feel the presence of God, you'll be asking, where? When did it come? Because it's not in you. You don't know how it feels. And I'll talk to you about practicing the presence of God. How you should practice the presence of God. So you must always 
Schedule times where you can be alone with God and invite his presence to be with you. And experience the presence of God on a personal level. Praise the Lord. Now, there are three people that had a personal encounter with God's presence. And I want to share with you these three people. The first person is Jacob. In Genesis chapter 32, you know, the night before he met Esau, you know, the father had just blessed him. He stole, you know, the blessings that were supposed to be um, bequeathed on his brother Esau. Uh, these were the blessings of the firstborn. And Esau was very mad with him. And so Jacob had to run away to save his life. And it came to a place where he had to meet his brother Esau and he was scared because he didn't know um, if Esau will receive him or Esau will actually kill him. And so he sent his two wives away. He sent his two female servants away. He even sent his 11 sons away. And the Bible says he was left alone. Somebody shout alone. He was left alone. And then the Bible says, a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So when he was alone, somebody else showed up. When he was alone, he stepped into another realm of operation. That person came with his presence. And Jacob, who was left alone, didn't have his wives there, he didn't have his sons there, he didn't have his children there. He didn't have his servants there. He was left with this man who wrestled with him the whole night. I'm telling you, that was quite a long wrestling match. The whole night. When, 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 when my father was alive, it's my father who introduced me to watching wrestling. And my mother was not really for it. Because I remember every Tuesday we could sit to watch wrestling. And my mother was not happy. And one time I asked my mother, why, why, how comes you don't want to watch wrestling? And she told me, it's because this program is teaching you violence. It's teaching you how to fight. But when I asked my father why he allows us to watch wrestling, he tells me, this program teaches you how to defend yourself. So we had to balance the two. You understand? Yeah. And I used to watch wrestling, and wrestling used to be a very short time. I think 30 minutes or 45 minutes, almost an hour. And it is done. And we didn't like it because it was a very intense program and very short. So you want it to continue, but it is over. But you can imagine wrestling with a man the entire night. I'm sure by morning, Jacob was tired. Wrestling, wrestling, fighting. He had stepped into another realm of operation. And this man is God. God visited Jacob when he was alone. And Jacob, you see, at this particular point, Jacob did not have the experience of knowing the presence of God. Because he, he was wrestling with this man, wrestling with this man, and he thought this is just an ordinary human being. But after a while, he realized, no, this person, this person is different. Because this person did not kill me. Hmm? He just adjusted his walking style, and then he changed his name. So he wanted to know who this man is. So by morning, Jacob 
decided to ask this man, who are you? The man did not reveal himself to Jacob. He just changed his name. And after changing his name, he adjusted his walking style. The guy started limping. <laughs> he came out of the presence of God limping. Never trust a man who doesn't limp. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> and so verse 30, if you can give us the scripture, let's read verse 30, what happened? Genesis chapter 32 and verse 30. Move quickly. I have a lot of ground to cover. Hmm? When you're in a hurry, they are not in a hurry. When you're not in a hurry, they're in a hurry. Let's go to Genesis chapter 32. I want to show you something powerful here. All right, verse 29. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you asked about my name? And he blessed him there. Instead of revealing himself, he just blessed him. And remember, this is like the first time Jacob is having a real encounter with God. So he was a rookie as far as the presence of God is concerned. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. Then he says, four. I like that, verse 30. It does not appear. Lord, have mercy. Oh? Shetani Hashimbu. All right, verse 30 says, So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen, I have seen God. This is what Jacob is saying now. I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You, you can see that there are so many benefits in the presence of God. That by being in the presence of God, he even declared that his life was preserved. Remember, he was about to meet his brother. And he was not sure how his brother was going to react to him. Actually, he was afraid of his brother. But after being in the presence of God, he got an assurance from God that his life will be preserved. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that no matter what the doctor has told you, no matter what has threatened your life, when you step into the presence of God, your life will be preserved. In fact, I prophesy what was meant to kill you will not kill you by reason of being in the presence of God tonight. You shall be preserved. Your house will be preserved. Your children will be preserved. If you believe it, shout a louder amen in this house. And just as he crossed, the Bible says, just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrunk. So you can see that God touched something in him and changed him because he was in his presence. It's not the same Jacob that went into the presence of God. He came out of that place a changed person. God had touched him. God touched an area in his life. All of us, there is an area that God needs to touch. But it can never be touched until you step into his presence. Hallelujah. Some of us, we need to limp out of the presence of God because there is something in us. If God does not deal with it, we might never fulfill our destiny. If God doesn't correct that error in your life, you might never, you know, apprehend your calling as, as a believer. 
And that's why we must go into the presence of God to have an encounter with him. Personal encounter with him. Hallelujah. I'm sure when the wives saw Jacob, they asked him, Jacob, are you okay? What happened? He just told them, I had an encounter with God. Isn't that amazing? You see, some of us, when people ask us what happened, it's because you're fighting somebody. You're not getting what I'm talking about. When they ask you, why are you having a mark? It's because you're fighting in the office. Yeah, and you chose a wrong opponent. <laughs> Who really worked on you? Now you are limping because you are beaten. Hmm? Or you decided to go to the bar and drink because you are frustrated and you are beaten there. Yeah. The presence of God provoked bouncers to beat you. But I declare, your limping will be different. I say your limping will be different. It will be because you are coming from the presence of God. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, I prophesy, as you go to the office, your limping will be different. They will ask you, what happened? You will tell them, I am from the presence of Almighty God. They will notice your smile is different. Your talking is different. You are full of courtesy. You are full of love. And they will ask you, what happened? You will tell them, yesterday I was in COTHQ. And the presence of God came down. And God touched this area in my life. And I'm now a different creature. May that be your testimony this week. May that be your testimony this year. May that be your testimony throughout this entire series in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder yes in this house. Give somebody a high five and tell them my walking style is about to change. Mm. Glory to God. Can we go deeper? Are you enjoying my message? The second person that had a personal encounter with the presence of God is Moses. I wish the scriptures were working because we have to read the scriptures. Exodus chapter 34 verse 29. Can we go there all of us? I'm going to show you something here very powerful. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 29. The Bible says, now it was so. When Moses came down, glory to God, from where? From the mountain. Which mountain? Mount Sinai. And the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain. He had been in the presence of God. He had you know, being with God for 40 days and 40 nights, communing, talking. God is giving him instructions on what to do as far as the leadership and the guidance of the children of Israel was concerned. And he comes down with the Ten Commandments. But the Bible says, Moses, are you with me, somebody? Are you reading with me? The Bible says that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Who is this him? God. 
You see, while he was in the presence of God, something was happening to him. Oh Lord, help me preach. Change was taking place in his life. Transformation was taking place in his life. Moses was being transfigured. It's the same way when Jacob was in the presence of God, God decided to touch something in his life. Now Moses is in the presence. Oh God, I feel like preaching. Moses is in the presence of God. He's thinking he's just having an ordinary conversation with God without realizing that his skin was changing. His face was shining. The Bible says that he did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him, God. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. Something had changed about the face of Moses. This was not the Moses they saw when he told them, bye, I'm going up the mountain because God wants to have a conversation with, him, with me. When he came down from the mountain, he was a totally different person. His face was shining. It was oozing the glory of God. Because when you're in the presence of God, God will always change you. When you're in the presence of God, he will always transform you. You will never live the same when you come out of the presence of God. You might go in ordinary, but you will come out extraordinary. You might go in natural, but you will come out supernatural. Something will happen to you when you step into the presence of God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I desire the presence of God. My goodness, Aaron looked at him and he said, Moses, something has shifted in your life. You are not the Moses we know. When you went, I mean, your face was just ordinary. But when you came back, we can notice something. Something is shining out of your face. That's the power of the presence of God. I pray for you tonight that you will shine with his glory. As you step into the presence of God, you will shine with his glory. As you step out of the presence of God, people will look at you and they will see the radiance of God's brightness. Yes, oozing out of every pore of your being in the name of Jesus. Give somebody a high five and tell them, my face is about to change. My outlook is about to change. Everything about me is about to change because of the presence of God. Oh my goodness. And I want you to know that it will not be the power of lotion. It will not be the power of a remis. No, it will be the power of the presence of God. Thank God for a remis. Thank God for Nivea. Thank God for what you apply. Thank God for Sabuni Yawanaume that you use because of your skin. But let me tell you, there is another dimension. There is another dimension. There is another level. When you step into the presence of God, everything about your makeup changes. Everything about your face, your skin, your life changes. Can I get a witness in this house? I prophesy. A shift is going to take place in your life. A shift is going to take place in your life. A shift is going to take place in your life. Change is coming your way. As you come out of the presence of God, people will look at you and see the glory. They will see God's power. They will see God's presence oozing out of your life in the name of Jesus. 
Shout yes if you believe it. I smear you with the oil of the presence of God. I saturate you in the oil of the presence of God. May you shine. May you shine. Oh God, I feel it. May you shine. In the name of Jesus. Shout a better yes in this house. Aaron looked at Moses and said, Moses, I know you, but this time you are on a different level. Your friends, you will confuse them because of the presence. Some of you, even your, your, your brothers and sisters, they will be confused because of the presence. I see you shining. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of God has risen upon you. When you step into the presence of God, you will begin to shine. Hallelujah. In this series I prophesy, you will shine in the marketplace. Who am I prophesying to in this house? You will shine in ministry. You will shine in your career. Wherever God has placed you, you will shine in the name of Jesus. Because of what? The presence. Hallelujah. In fact, some of you will not even know you're shining. Because Moses did not know you were shining. It is people who told him, Moses, you have changed. Moses, something has shifted in your life. Hallelujah. Some of you, your wife will tell you, my husband, you have changed. You are nicer. You are sweeter. You are compassionate. You are romantic. <laughs> some of you, your children will tell you, oh, our parents, you have changed. You are considerate. You are available. You are around. Why? Because of the presence of God. There is something that God will touch. There is something in your life that God will touch. And When you come out of the presence of God, people will begin to notice something different about you. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? Tell your neighbor, let's confuse them with the presence of God. Tell another one, let's surprise them with the presence of God. Give another one high five and tell them, let's shock them with the presence of God. Hallelujah. I prophesy that caretaker that has been looking down on you Shock on him when you come out of the presence of God. That supervisor that has been frustrating you at the place of work, this time when he looks at you, he will go a different direction because of the presence and the glory of God. Shout yes in this house. Even some of you demons will run away from you because of the presence. Sit down. Number three is Daniel. Daniel had an encounter with the personal presence of God. In fact, with his companions. You see, Daniel, when, when, when the Babylonians went to Israel, they plundered Israel, plundered the temple of God, they took 
the vessels that were used in the tabernacle, in the temple, to serve God, and went with them to Babylon. And they also took captives of the Jews, of the Hebrews, to Babylon. And Daniel was among the people. Daniel and his companions were among the people that were taken captive in Babylon. And then the king of Babylon said, I want some young men from these captives that we have brought from Israel. I want you to select some young men who are going to serve me. And he came up with a list. And he said, make sure that they have no blemish. Alright? That means the new recruits were supposed to be perfect. You know, I was looking at how they recruit even young men to the army. It's a very tedious exercise. The way I'm looking at some of you, your height has already disqualified you. Because they are looking for a certain height. Isn't it? Look at your neighbor. Do you think they can be, they can qualify? <laughs> you know there is a band in the Bible called Shoe Height. He's the shortest man in the Bible. It's called Shoe Height. It's the height of the shoe. Shoe Height. Hey, you guys are slow. You didn't get, it was supposed to be a joke. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> when I was watching the inauguration of the press, that's when I understood why they make sure that these guys are at the same height. Because as they are walking, you can see when they are moving their hands, it's like the same thing, isn't it? When they are turning their heads, the same thing. So can you imagine when they are moving their hands and there's a guy down here? So the king said, get me somebody or young people or young men that have no blemish. They have to be, they have to look nice. You understand what I'm saying? The shape of the body is fantastic. Skin, awesome. And by the way, let me, let me tell you, let's be honest. There are people, God took time to create them. Isn't it true? Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah, let's just be real. I mean, there are people, I mean, it's like everything is just nice about them. Their eyes are in the right place. Their ears are balanced. The nose is balanced. The shape of the head is balanced. You know, the dental formula. It's just, I mean, it's like they are just arranged properly, you know. Yeah, but there are people, honestly speaking. I'm just saying let's be real, isn't it? Yeah. There are people even just, when you look at their head, you, you can see order. Just the head, the way the head is. You, you can see order, isn't it? Yeah. There are people when you look at them, you wonder even how the brain has been positioned in the head. Because <laughs> please look at your neighbor, how are they? Are they okay? Huh? Pastor Farida, look at your neighbor. Is, is your neighbor okay? To be honest, there are people. When you look at them, it's like it's a gift. The way they look is just, I mean, it's a gift. It's a gift. Isn't it true? Yeah, it's a gift. 
You know, a lot of women say, oh, you know, you guys don't understand. This is motherhood. This is motherhood. This is motherhood. This is motherhood. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie, lie, lie. This is not motherhood. This is food. Food. Food and more food. Ladies are not happy with me. And I can prove to you, I have met some ladies who have coughed for children. And you look at them and you're like, hmm? As in for real. And some have coughed only one. One! Hey! It's not easy. Anyway, for the sake of my peace, let's just move on. <laughs> Ladies, do you still love your pastor? Can I preach like I feel it? Can I say it like I feel it? Yeah. And it's not only ladies, even as gentlemen. We have problems. Serious problems. We have a devil down here. Devil. It's a bad devil. Very bad devil. When you get to a certain age, telling you, the thing just... Yes. <laughs> you know, I looked at my photos when I was young and I was saying, wow. Wow. Then I look at myself now. I see a lot of wear and tear. Mercy. You see, when, me when I fast, I lose my weight very fast. Very fast. Pastor Mary will tell you. I lose my weight very fast. My metabolism is tops. Yeah. My waist goes. My tummy goes. But when I break, <laughs> when I just break the fast, hey, I wonder even they, where, those, those, where were they? I thought they had gone completely. They come back immediately. That's Lord. So when I look at people like Sydney, I just say, I'm giving them time. <laughs> I was like you, my brother. I was like you. So, anyway, the king was looking for young men who don't have blemish. When you look at their face, no spot. Their hands are okay. Yeah. You see, most of us, when you look at your life, when you look at your body, you will notice something. There's one thing or whatever that is not very, very straight. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Just stand in the mirror and look at yourself. You'll be surprised the kind of legs you have. You'll even be surprised you're walking. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> Number two, he said, give me handsome men. Very handsome. Those are the ones who are supposed to serve me. Because the king, you see, the king should be happy all the time. You understand? Because if he's not happy and he has the instruments of power in his hands, he can, he can, he can cause havoc. So he said, make sure they're handsome. Amen. 
Yeah. And, and to be honest, there are people who are handsome. Yeah, let's just say the truth. Yeah, there are people who are handsome. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, say again. They didn't hear you. Look at that man next to you. Do you think he's handsome? Now, you ladies, when I tell you to look at the man next to you, just look at that man. There is nothing wrong. You are not sinning. Do you think that man is handsome? Hey, people are really spiritual. You know, there are some ladies, they are not turning, but the eye is turning. Yeah, they don't want the brother to know that he's look, she's looking at them. So they were supposed to be handsome because the king wanted to look at all these guys who are serving him and he's just happy. Happy. Just happy. I mean, they, they, they are handsome. Yeah. Wow. Tell the neighbor next to you. Neighbor. I am handsome by the grace of God. <laughs> If you are a lady, tell the neighbor next to you that I am beautiful by the grace of God. Because the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So you're one of the two. Fearful. <laughs> Tell a neighbor, neighbor, you must have been a beautiful baby. Number three, he said they must be gifted in all wisdom so that when they open their mouth to speak, because sometimes the king can ask them questions, they should speak sense. They should not utter foolish things before the king. You understand? You see, I'm told that when you're going to approach a ruler, you must be taken through protocol. They even ask you what you're going to tell the king. Because you, you can't just go there and talk about anything. It must make sense. You understand what I'm saying? So they needed gifted young, young people who are, they needed young people who are gifted in wisdom. When the king asks a question, they give the king an intelligent answer. So as I'm going through this list, do you think you can work in a palace? <laughs> Ask your neighbor, do you think you can work in a palace? Another thing he asked for, and there's a reason why I'm throwing these qualities to you. They were to possess knowledge and quick understanding. They must be knowledgeable because the king will ask a question concerning many things. He can talk about politics. He can talk about science. He can talk about uh, relationships. He can talk about religion. He can talk about, uh, he can talk about the space. He can ask a question you know, about what is happening on the ground. So they needed young men who possess knowledge and quick understanding. 
That's why I always tell you, know a little about everything. Especially the ladies. Because some of you, the only thing you know is jamas. Know a little about everything. Expand your knowledge. Know what is happening in the country. Yeah. Know what a Supreme Court is. It's not a big court. <laughs> Understand how the law works. Know a little about economy. Know a little about politics. What's going on in the country? What's going on in the world? Know a little about everything. Because the king wants to engage with intelligent minds. Wow. I say, wow. Ladies, can I give you a secret? Can I give you a secret? If you go for a date with a gentleman, huh? don't talk about love only. If you really want to stimulate him, Engage him mentally. Yeah. Show him you know some things. Yeah. Even when there is an awkward silence, maybe you, you have talked about something and then it's like the con conversation did not end well. Just say, do you know that the queen died? You see, he will say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, I saw the funeral. Then you start saying, yeah, even me, I watched it, man. Did you see the protocol? Did you see it? Did you see how they were dressed? You know, yeah. And do you know even Biden went? Do you know even our president was there? Do you know he was in the bus? Tell a lady next to you, very important. The king wanted young men that possess knowledge. Amen. My young people, possess knowledge. Hallelujah. Possess knowledge. My sons, possess knowledge. Be knowledgeable. You're not just a boy child. You're a son of God. Be knowledgeable. Read. Grow. Because when you're knowledgeable, you can approach any lady. Say, hey, excuse me. What's your name? Oh, okay. Wow. Amazing. What do you do? Wow. You work with the bank? Ah, which bank? Are you the MD, cashier? <laughs> Messenger? <laughs> or you own the bank?
You want to hear what I'll say next? Why? You see, young men, you see the way I've captured the ladies. You see, it's working already. It's working. They want to know what else I want to say. But you meet a lady, she's sophisticated. Hmm? Where? Where? Unenda? Ukona fair. Then, another quality he asked for. Some of you think I've lost my message. I'm going somewhere. He said, (laughs) they should not be incapacitated in any way. He wanted young men that were strong. People say strength with the ability to serve without getting tired. Because the king received so many guests. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so many guests. I mean, I I had an opportunity to be a bit close to the DP, and there's a time we were seated, um, who is now our president. I hope I can also have an opportunity to be with him now as a president. You know? And and, and I was asking him, man, how is your day like? And he started telling me how his day, I was surprised. Yeah, We were having a meeting with him. After that, he was going to have another meeting, then to have another meeting, then to have another meeting, then to have another, then to have another meeting, then to have... I say, wow. Now, if you're part of his entourage and you're not strong, you'll collapse. So the king said, I want strong men. So far, can you work in a palace? <laughs> then the king continued saying, now, these guys, because they're intelligent, these guys, because they possess knowledge, I want them to be taught the language and literature of the Chaldeans. In other words, he said, I want to install a Babylonian software in their system. Because they are gifted, they can learn another language. Because they are gifted, they can learn our customs. And they can be like us. We want to colonize them. So they think like us, they speak like us, like us, they dress like us, they embrace our culture. And then he went further and he said, even their diet I'm changing. They will not be eating what they have been eating. Something has to change. They are going to eat what I eat. And they are going to drink the wine that I drink. But you see, when you look at the Babylonians and you study their idol worship, you realize that it was tied to the food that they were eating. Because they used to serve their idols food. And that is what the king was eating. And then he ordered a three-year training course for them so that at the end, they might appear before him and serve him. 
And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Tell your neighbor we are going somewhere. I wish we can have scriptures, but we don't have scriptures. So we go to the Bible. Daniel. But Daniel, in verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Mm-hmm. So he said, these other things, we don't have a problem with them. But when it comes to food, we know that the food is tied to idols. And because we are aware of God's presence with us, even in this land, we shall not compromise our stand. <laughs> Therefore, Daniel requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself because he was aware. Somebody shout, aware. Shout it again, aware. He was aware of the presence of God even in exile, even in a strange land. Now, God had brought, verse 9, now God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, he was concerned when Daniel decided that he was not going to eat. He said, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are of your age? He said, this thing is going to affect you. If you don't eat like the rest of the young people, you will not look like them. Hmm. Your countenance will be repulsive to the king because you're not following the diet that he has recommended. And then he says, you will endanger my head. I'll be killed because I'm supposed to take care of you and I'm supposed to follow the king's instructions to the latter. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please. Now Daniel said, look, I want to tell you something. Please. Test your servants for 10 days. Because your servants are going into the presence of God. Test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. This is where we get the vegetable first. As others will be eating and drinking wine that the king has apportioned for them. As we want to go into the presence of God and the only thing we're going to be eating is vegetables and drinking water. As we wait upon God. Then verse 13 says, then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacy. I want you to compare us who are in the presence of God. <laughs> Eating vegetables, waiting upon God, honoring God, being aware of his presence over our lives in this strange land. Compare us with those who are not in the presence of God. And let's see the difference. So he consulted with them in this matter and tested them for how many days? Ten days. They fasted for ten days as we do for five days and by Friday. Most of us, our eyes are in the socket. They are inside. Verse 15. I wish these scriptures were on the screen, man.
But are you following me? Verse 15. Can we read together? And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacy. There was a difference. There was a distinction between those who are in the presence of God and those who are not in the presence of God. They were even fatter. So vegetables can make you fat. <laughs> Verse 17. So I want you to note something here. Their outlook changed. Their skin changed. Moses' skin changed. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, we are seeing also their countenance changed. That is how powerful the presence of God. It changes your outlook. But something else also happened. Mm -hmm. Verse 17, as for these four young men, God gave them, look, God gave them knowledge. Somebody shout knowledge. And skill. In all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Vegetables plus water in the presence of God is more powerful than wine and meat out of the presence of God. And you can see that some of the qualities that the king was looking for were found... Ooh, they were found in the presence of God. Those qualities that the king was looking for, they were not found in wine. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm telling you for the last time, stop drinking alcohol. There is no knowledge in alcohol. You are very quiet. Did something change when the bishop was away or what? There is no wisdom in alcohol. If you're looking for knowledge, you have to be in the presence of God. If you're looking for wisdom, you have to be in the presence of God. Somebody shout yes in this house. Yeah. There was increase in knowledge. Increase in wisdom. And something else. He had understanding in all literature. Wow. That means it's too deep, too heavy. God, are you ready for this? Do you know their course was supposed to take three years? According to the king, Sidney, my son, their course was supposed to take three years to be trained to understand the Chaldeans' language. But when they stepped into the presence of God, he gave them a crash course for 10, 10 days, 10 days. I prophesy what will take people three years. It will take you 10 days. It will take you seven days. It will take you a week when you stay in the presence of God. Shout hallelujah. I feel like preaching tonight. 
but I have to follow this scripture because it's leading me to something very powerful here. My goodness. God condensed three years of training, of learning when they stepped into his presence. I feel like prophesying to somebody in this house. Some people have gone ahead of you. They have degrees. They have PhDs. They have masters. And you've been wondering how you'll catch up with them. I came to preach you into the presence of God. As you step into the presence of God, God will supernaturally hasten your steps. Increase your speed. You will catch up in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. I, I prophesy in the next 10 days, you will see something major taking place in your life. Something you have waited for two years, three years, four years, five years, ten years. I prophesy in the next ten days, by virtue of being in God's presence, it will be released in your life. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I say receive it in the name of Jesus. I say receive it in the name of Jesus. Shout yeah. Give somebody a high five and tell them, neighbor, neighbor, the next 10 days, something spectacular is going to take place in my life. Shout yeah. Shout a Holy Ghost yeah. Shout a louder yeah. I see God condensing. Condensing. Condensing the process. Condensing the years. Hallelujah. No wonder he says, I will restore <laughs> the years. The canker worms, chewing locusts, flying locusts have stolen from you. When you step into the presence of God, what will have taken you three years? You shall recover in the name of Jesus. Enter into a season of recovery. Shall we? Go back. Sit down. We are reading the scripture. Verse 18. Oh, man. I love my preaching. Look at the neighbor. Tell them a shift is taking place. Oh, they didn't hear you. Look for another one who is anointed and tell them a shift is taking place. In the next 10 days. 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 I feel a push in my spirit. In the next 10 days. In the next 10 days. I want you to count in the next 10 days. I prophesy under the presence of God. In the next 10 days. You will see a testimony. Coming forth out of your life. In the next 10 days. Shout if you believe. Ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Ten days, ten days is going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in your life. It's going to happen in your life. There's somebody here. You've been praying. You've been crying. You've been fasting. You've been waiting upon God. 
to do something in your life. It has taken law. But thank God for this message. Thank God for being in the presence of God. I prophesy as a servant of God in the next 10 days by virtue of being in God's presence. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. The louder your amen, the faster it comes. Receive your miracle from today. May it take place in your life. Shout yeah. Sit down. I need to finish this verse. Verse 18. Woo, glory. Woo, glory. I feel it. Mm. Woo, glory to God. Now, at the end. <laughs> verse 18. Of the 10 days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then, <laughs> the king did what? Interviewed them. Started asking them questions. That's why they needed to be gifted in wisdom. They needed to have, oh Lord, have mercy. They needed to, they needed to understand the literature of the Babylonians. He started interviewing them. <laughs> Never go for an interview. If you don't have the presence of God, you will mess. You will start murmuring. You'll be confused. They will ask you, when is today? You say, today is January. <laughs> you must carry the presence of God. Hallelujah. I say you must carry the presence of God. I prophesy for somebody who is going for an interview. May you live here with God's presence. I say, may you live here with God's presence. I smear you with God's presence. As you go, may the presence of God go with you. Like Moses, may the presence of God accompany you. For that interview in the name of Jesus. If that is your word, say, I receive that word. He started interviewing them. Where am I? Here, yeah, here I am. He started interviewing them. And among all, among all, Pastor Dennis, those who are eating king's meat and drinking his wine also came for the interview. That's why you must be careful where you are coming from. Others are coming from stupor. They are coming from drinking for an interview. But for you, you are coming from the presence. You are coming from the presence of God. Look. The battle is already won. I say the battle is already won because you are coming from the presence of God. Daniel was coming from the presence of God. Wow. And all of them were brought. And then the Bible says, and among them all, none. None. You see, you can say, generally, you know, Daniel is a very intelligent guy. No, it's not true. Daniel, with all these guys who are in the same place, the presence of God, and look at what happened. Among all the people that were interviewed by the king, none was found like who? Mention the name. Daniel. Two, Hananiah. Three, Mishael. And four, Azariah. 
What was the common denominator? Not the primary school they went to. Not the secondary school they went to. Not the professor that was taking them through the studies. No, it was the presence of God. I don't care. Even if you are a dunderhead, drag that head that the teacher said is full of water. Drag it into the presence of God. As soon as it hits the presence of God, something will happen to that head. Oh, yes! Look at your neighbor, tell them, neighbor, drag your head into the presence of God. Look at another and tell them, neighbor, drag your heart into the presence of God. Look at another and tell them, neighbor, drag your body into the presence of God. When you step into the presence of God, your head changes, your heart changes, your body changes, your perception changes, the way you speak changes. The way you visualize things changes. Am I speaking to somebody in this house? Drag yourself into the presence of God. It was not about the intelligence. It was the presence of God. And what does the Bible say? Hi. Lord of mercy. Good God of mercy. I feel this word. Therefore, they served before the king. Verse 20. I say, verse 20. Tell your neighbor, when we're in the presence of God, you're not smarter than me. Why are you afraid of your neighbor? Tell your neighbor, when we're in the presence of God, you are not smarter than me. Oh, yes. When we're in the presence of God, whatever is happening there touches me too. Whatever is taking place there, I'm also a partaker of it. If God releases an anointing for intelligence, I also become a partaker of the anointing of intelligence. When God releases grace to understand literature, I also become a partaker. And in all matters, of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them. Oh Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Maybe I need to come close so you understand what I'm saying. He found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers, who were in all his room. In other words, God wanted to make sure that the difference is so big so that nobody says it was because they went to a good school. It was because, you know, these guys are intelligent. It's because they have, um, uh, they have experience in these matters. God wanted to show them that the difference between those who are in his presence And those who are not in his presence, the gap is very wide. Hallelujah. And that is what God wants to do with you. As you step into his presence, even your closest competitor is not even close. He's far 
can see your closest competitor from very far. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It will not be like this victory of Ruto versus Raila. Very close. I'm telling you, yours will be different. I say yours will be different. I don't know who I'm preaching to in this house. I say yours will be different. And you will say, Ebenezer, this can only be God. Ten times. And so, ladies and gentlemen, can I prophesy? In the next ten days, you will be ten times. They're not ready for me. Let me try this side. In the next ten days, I prophesy over you. You will be ten times better than those who are not in the presence of God. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I shall stay here. Here is working. I prophesy 10, 10 kind of a blessing. In the next 10 days, you will look 10 times better. Speak 10 times better. Lead 10 times better. Pray 10 times better. Prosper 10 times better than those who are not in the presence of God. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Somebody give God a shout. Go back, go back, go back, go back. Give somebody a shout. Tell them ten times. Ten times. Ten times. If I tell another one, ten, ten, blessing. Ten, ten, blessing. I prophesy a ten, ten, blessing. Over your life in the name of Jesus. Ten days. Ten times better. Ten days, ten times stronger. Ten days, ten times ahead. Ten days. I feel it. I say ten days, ten times higher. Are you ready for this blessing? Are you ready for this breakthrough? Are you ready for this level? Lift up your hands and shout, I receive. I receive it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. And so, those who want to continue with the wine, continue. Have you seen that video? Let them continue. Those who want to continue with the king's delicacies, defiled food, continue. But some of us, we are tired of experiencing ordinary things. We are tired of being behind all the time. We are tired of being stagnant all the time. We are stepping in the presence. We are staying in the presence. We are sleeping in the presence. We are walking in the presence. We are operating in the presence. And as we do so, in the next 10 days, we shall look 10 times better in wisdom, in literature, in speech, in operation. Shout yeah!
Shout out, Holy Ghost, yeah. I want you to go over to five or six people and tell them, neighbor, I receive 10 times 10 blessings. I receive 10 times 10 blessings. 10 days. 10 times better. 10 days. 10 times better. Oh, glory. 10 days. 10 times better. In the next 10 days, our worship will be 10 times better. In the next 10 days, our brand churches will be 10 times better. In the next 10 days, your children will be 10 times in the next 10 days, your business will be 10 times. In the next 10 days, your health will be 10 times. In the next 10 days, prophesy over your life what you want to see in the next 10 days. Because you are in the presence of God, declare it, prophesy it. Speak it for right now in the next 10 days. Say it, speak it, declare it, proclaim it right now in the name of Jesus. In the next 10 days, 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 10 times better. Ten times stronger, ten times higher, ten times faster because of the presence, because of the presence, because of the presence. Yes, 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 yes. Prophesy it, declare it, speak it over your children over your house, over your family. In the next 10 days, I prophesy your salary, your profit, your increase, your finances will be 10 times better. Yes! 10 times, 10 times, 10 times. Because of the presence, 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 ten times, ten days, ten times, ten days, ten times, ten days, ten times. Ten days, ten times. Ten days, ten times. Ten. 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 Ten days, ten times. Kada yabashata. Ye kalabashata namasa. Ye kalalawa. Come on. Speak it. Declare it. Prophesy it. Ten times. Ten days, ten times.
Receive it. Receive it. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. Ten days of transformation. Ten days of transformation. Ten days of a first lift. Ten days of transformation. Ten days of change. Ten days of revolution. My God, my God. My God, my God. Come on, come on, cry out to the Lord. You are in his presence. You are in his presence. You have just stepped into his presence. Prophesy over yourself. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your house. My God, 10 days, 10 times, 10 days. Ten times, ten days, ten times better. Yes, yes, something has to shift, something has to change. My God. You will remember this day. You will remember your proclamation. You will remember your declaration. You will remember what you are saying. In the presence of God. For it shall come to pass. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, A shift, a shift, a shift, a shift. A shift, a shift, a shift, a shift. Ten days. Ten times. Yes, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it in her life. In the name of Jesus.
Ten days of transformation. Ten days of increase. Ten days of favor. In the name of Jesus. Every day from today will be a day of transformation. Every day from today will be a day of change. A shift. A shift. A shift will take place in your life. In the name of Jesus. The transformation was gradual. Every day something was happening. Every day something was taking place. Every day there was a shift. Every day, every day there was change. And at the end of 10 days, whoo, there were 10 times better. Hallelujah. By Wednesday, you'll be dancing for joy. I prophetically push you into a 10-day period of transformation in your life in the name of Jesus. I prophetically usher you into a 10-day period of the miraculous in the name of Jesus. It will be 10 times better in the name of Jesus. Give me that anointing oil quickly. In your presence I am content. In your presence I am content. Your presence, there is love. Of your love, revelations of your power and mind. Your presence, I'm in the presence of my King. Everybody lift up your hands. I am content in your presence. In your presence, I am content. I am content in your presence. There is life. In your presence, there is life. Yes. Expressions of your love, revelations of your power, revelations of your power and mine, your presence. In your presence, I can bring my love song, my love song offering. I'm in the presence of my sing again, sing again. In your presence. In your presence, Lord. Oh, I am content. In your presence, your presence there is love. Expressions of your love. Expressions of your love. Revelations.
Revelations of your power. Revelations of your power and might. Your presence I can bring. My love song offering. My love song offering. I mean the presence. One more time. With all our hands raised up. Let's cry out to his presence. To come down. I am content. Cry out for his presence to come down. In your presence. I am content. Oh, in your presence, love. Your presence there is love. Expressions of your love. Revelations of Oh, in your presence, your presence I can bring my love song offering. Oh, I the presence of I just feel we need to sing it one more time, one more time. In your presence, love. In His presence, I am content. In your presence, Lord, I'm satisfied. Oh, I yes. am content. Oh, in your presence, Lord, your presence there is love. Revelations of your power and My last song of hey, I'm in the presence of Now, I'm going to anoint you. But I want to pray for you right now. Everybody lift up your hands. Father, I activate this season in your children's lives right now. The next 10 days, they'll be 10 times better in the name of Jesus. I usher them into this season. I push them prophetically into this season. That the next 10 days. The next 10 days. The next 10 days. Their outlook will change. Their minds will change. Their health will change. Their bodies will undergo transformation. Their minds will go undergo a transformation. Their finances will undergo transformation. Their families will undergo transformation. Their marriages will undergo transformation. May they receive an impartation. 10-10 blessing impartation in their lives in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. We all shout a big amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.